All right, let's go. All right. Yeah. So uh, now, if I get a question that I either don't know, I'm not comfortable with. There's no problem with you editing this thing, right? No problem at all. Yeah. Just just say so, okay. and uh, I'll I'll make sure it gets cut out, okay. and never, never to be heard. All right. Very good. All let's right. go. So uh, just to give you a quick overview, I mean, I wanted to have this kind of podcast or recording. Um, you know, now that I've kind of met folks like you in the industry and um, the clothing industry is, at least to me still, uh, kind of this mysterious industry where a lot goes on and, and, you know, you always see the end product of the clothing. And But, you know, no one really, I mean, from outsider perspective, you have really no idea what goes on or, or what goes into making clothes. You, you just see them pop up in the store and, and, you, and you buy them. So um, what I wanted to do was, you know, now with knowing you and, and whatnot, and thank you for, for um, deciding to, to talk with me, just wanted to get like a real professional um, insight into what goes on and what you do and, you know, kind of share a bit of that for folks who are interested and you know, just essentially have, have fun, but also try to educate and inform folks and kind of share a little what goes on behind the scenes. So... Well, I mean, Philip, that, that goes on with any industry. I have no idea about well, your I industry. <laughs> I turn on yeah. my computer and it works. Yeah, well, and that's it. I see, I see the end product. So that's any industry. You know, go that, into an okay. ice cream store. That, well, you know see, how ice cream is made? No, you just buy an ice cream cone. Well, I, I so completely that, agree. Um, but, but, you know, you know so, is, I mean, I'm not sure. Well, don't worry. You know, what, right. what, I'm not sure how much, how much a lot of people care because if people cared how clothing is made, they would look into how clothing is made. You know, I mean, there's there's information out there on how how you make clothing. You know, I don't know. All I, right, no, but, I, I agree. But oh, and, and yeah. we we can we can get into that. Um, I I just feel right. that there's a lot of misinformation. I mean, well, you know, that's kind of a hot topic these days, but you know, there's people who don't know what the hell they're talking about on, on the internet. And I want to get some real professionals, like someone like you with decades of experience that kind of okay. has seen it from probably all, all angles. But a- anyway, yeah, okay. um, uh, I guess to, to, to introduce yourself, um, you're, you're a pattern maker and, right. and I mean, maybe for the folks who aren't, you know, really into clear, what, what's, what's your explanation of what a pattern maker is? Well, in order to make a men's suit, <clears throat> you know, and, and in the men's line in particular, you need a pattern. A woman's line also, you know, you need a pattern. The pattern is the the uh, the first thing you need before you can cut any goods to make a to make a garment. So pattern makings, you know, is the uh, the beginnings of um, uh, of the process to in the manufacture of a suit. Okay. Uh, the design is one thing. You can get a sketch and, or you can get a garment. But until you make a pattern, you really can't put a knife to the cloth. Right. And, and at least to me, I, I, mean, I had no idea really what pattern making was. But it almost feels to me what people like about clothes, at least clothes that have been made and all that, the shape, the silhouette, the fit, or whatever you know people want to call it, that sort of combination of i don't know the look and the, the fit that's like all, all pattern making am i right or um correct me if i'm wrong well the pattern making uh see it um, it depends uh, in the in the men's line historically the pattern makers were the designers they would dictate how it how it looks and how it fits okay 
you didn't have a lot of the Ralph Lawrence, let's say back in my father's day, and uh, you know, in the twenties and thirties and forties, the designers were pattern makers. Okay, so they did the styling and they did the fit in one 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 scoop. Uh, in the women's line, you always had designers that came up with the sketch first, then they would drape a dress, and after the dress was on the form, they would uh, they would do a rub off of the pattern. They would make the pattern after the garment is made. Menswear, you made the pattern before the garment is made, as you still do today. There's no draping in menswear that I know of. Okay, no no draping in menswear, not for a suit, not for tailored clothing okay all right so you you know one thing um you you kind of touched on i was actually going to be my my next question is um that the process from like a designer gets his idea all the way to the finished product i I mean i know uh your your focus is on pattern making but um you know you've been doing it a while and and you kind of touched on it you do you want to kind of go through the uh like beginning to end um process of how a designer you know he gets his idea and how how that gets to the the finished product? Well, in simple terms, the, uh, a designer will come up with a uh, an idea, a sketch. He'll he'll give it to me. I'll make a pattern. I'll give it to the tailor. They'll sew they'll sew the garment, and uh, and then it would go back to the designer, and he would say yes or no. Yes, this is what I'm looking for. No, we need to tweak it. So, in simple terms, that's the process. And you know, in, in clothing, it's a, it's a team. There's no one person that obviously can do it all. So I'm, you know, I'm part of the team. I'm the pattern making, and then you got the sewing, the tailors, you know, and whatnot, and, and naturally suppliers and everything else. But um, that's the long and short of it. You know, it goes from a designer to me to a tailor. Yeah, and yeah. Boom. So so, so a, a lot of hands. Which I mean, my. Uh, I guess from what little I've done, it, it's kind of wild. Like how, how many steps, you know, in between there are in, in order to make. Well, naturally, clothes. it's a, it, you know, it's infinite number of steps. I mean, you know, you you do the same process as what I just explained. Right. So you can you can explain that part of it. You know, all the steps you have to go well, through. Well, you come brief. to me with an idea. <laughs> I well, I make a pattern for you, and then you get it made. Well, I, I was yeah. gonna—I was just gonna joke because you know I'm only half halfway. I've only gotten halfway done. I haven't even gotten to the to the very end. So, um, just kind of curious. Well, if, that's if not something... true. That's actually not true. You have a you have a finished garment, and whether it goes on your back or into into Macy's, you did go through the process. Uh, all right. So well, that's not true at all. A small part of it. Okay. I mean, well... you you know, <laughs> you don't you don't go to the mills to make the piece goods and, you know, but. Uh, you, the process that you do is the same process that I do with everybody else. Okay. Well, okay. Well, what about that step of of grading the patterns to get those different well, sizes? Well, that's a whole. That's just a technical end of it. I mean, you're gonna do ready-made patterns, right? If you're you're ready-made, so you make a <clears throat> you you make a sample, okay, and it gets approved, and and you want to get this into uh, Macy's, into uh, the you know the bigger stores. Now you need a run of sizes. You know, you need a run of sizes. You can't just put one size with a sample size, let's say, is 40 regular. Now you have to make the sizes of, uh, like, from 36 to 46, and you need a short and a long and a, uh, a regular. So that's the grading. The grading is just making the different sizes. 
But that is just um, you know technical end of it to make the uh, uh, the sizes so that when you go to a store, when the, uh, the, the 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 customer, the ultimate customer goes in, you can say I need a 44 long, and uh, they go to a rack and they get a 44 long. So the grading is just the um, uh, the, the making of the other sizes after the first one is done. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and um, well, we, we, I didn't necessarily touch on it, but you're kind of a, you're a freelance pattern maker. You you kind of yes, yeah, and, and is that. Well, I, I don't know. Is that common, or is it more common that you know you? Work well, it used to be common. It used to be very common. Freelancers, you know, pattern makers. Uh, now there are in the menswear. I honestly do not know of a single other person other than myself that is doing strictly men's. There are some there are women's wear guys who say they do men's, but um, you know their experience is more women's wear than men's wear. Uh, so, but back in my dad's day. 30s and 40s and whatnot, it was very common to have a freelance uh, pattern maker. Very common. As opposed to just being employed for one company? As opposed to, you know, Ralph Lauren probably has five guys like me on staff, okay? So, you know, all the, all the, all the major guys, the major players would have pattern makers on staff, you know. Uh, they just work for that one company and that's it. Uh, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm yeah. curious... Um, but before I, you know, touch on the the highlights and and the kind of big time clients you've worked on, I mean, has it did it ever kind of cross your mind like maybe I want to work for a company or you know you're you're kind of more independent? Eh, not not wasn't for you. And any? No. <laughs> no. That's the that's the answer. No, I never had a desire to work for anybody but myself. Oh. So, um, and I guess to try to I don't know. Get get. The, whoever's listening right now to be, um, I don't know, more in tune with your work. Uh, you've mentioned that you did a lot of, well, I don't know if it's the original, but you did a lot of the patterns for hurtling, hurtling trousers, and they're kind of a big right. um, men's, men, I, I don't know, menswear yeah. trouser maker, yeah. you, you, American trouser maker. It's probably one of the few. Right. I don't he know used to be in a suit business, hurtling, Julie, Julie Hurtling. Oh, I knew right. him well. Yeah, He's it, a good it, guy. Yeah, and so um, you you did a I don't I mean I don't know if it was original, but you did a lot of their their patterns. You've done stuff for Disney. I mean you've you've kind of done um, a, a whole I guess whole bunch whole whole range. Any I mean any any others that you'd like to share or uh, I don't know. Well, you know, you know I, I I always say I, you know I worked from 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 Ralph Lauren to uh, to Murray Lauren. You know from. Uh, I mean, there is no Murray Lauren, but just, the, you know, the guy who's just making a few suits. So I've worked for some of the big guys. I've worked for, you know, uh, uh, Ralph Lauren and uh, Tahari and, uh, you know, some of the major the major manufacturers. Um, but um, I never had a lot of business from these people. You usually get what, what they don't want to do, you know. Uh, uh, you know, Burberry I did some work for, and, you know, my trade was always the smaller designer the guy who's you know just having uh you know selling a couple of stores and he's maybe got a uh two three million a year business uh, three four million a year business yeah it's always the the smaller guy that was my steady customer you know like tom brown started with um started with uh, rocco shop that you know i was uh, you know i took space from for a lot of years and um he was a very, very small designer and had a, had a, a vision, you know, that small, small suit. 
and Rocco brought him along, and Rocco made a lot of the patterns, as I would. And then I got involved with him also, making patterns for him, but mostly it was Rocco's thing. And I was a small designer that made it big, okay? He's huge now. He's like the darling of the industry, Tom Brown. And he's in women's wear, and he's in everything. But those stories are very few and far between. But the Tom Browns of the world were my customer when they were starting out, okay? Now, if they became big time, so be it. A lot of them just stayed, you know, middle of the road, middle, uh, you know, not, not, not setting the world on fire, but making money. And that was my customer. And, you know, um, um, you, you touched on, um, actually, I had another thing, but before um, I move on, you touched on the, the difference between men's and women's. Is that, yeah, I mean, you make it sound like two completely different beasts. Is that how one should look at it? Like, you, you, they're just really different the way you do pattern making for, for them? Well, Philip, I don't do pattern making for women's wear, okay? That's that's number one. And pattern making for women's wear is a, is a whole other world, as I explained before, where you make the garment first, and then you do, you, you do a rub-off of the pattern from the garment. So it's a different, uh, it's a different mentality. Okay, in women's wear, dinner is in men's wear. Uh, you can't drape a tailored suit. There's just too much guts that goes into it with canvas and pads and pressing, underpressing, and and so on. So it's not done in men's wear. In, in women's wear, it's 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 more common. Okay, got it. But I've done some women's wear where they do like tailored clothing. Like I've done some blazers. Because if they want, you know, some designers want a, a man's looking blazer. So I can, they, so then they would come to me because I only have a men's touch. I don't have that feminine touch, you know. So I was successful with some of those things. But you don't see too much of that. So uh, naturally there's not, there's no business there. Right. Right. And, huh. I mean, I, I guess you, you mentioned that before and I mean, that, that makes sense. I, I guess I was surprised that, um. I don't know. I I I'd read that the that whole women's wear where you make the clothing first and then the pattern. It's like the whole yeah, culture. Yeah, but not not always. History. You know, I had one account, one of my my better accounts uh, for many many years, a Ducky Brown. He was starting to do things, you know, do it for the men and do it for the women. Okay, and even my Disney account, you know, when they do their um uh the you know their venues when they do a ride, they have men and women there. So you make the garment for the men and you make it for the women. Okay. But I usually start out with the men's side and then make the women's side from that. So I've got some knowledge about women's clothing, but I don't do like what I call the girly things, you know, the dresses and things like that. You know, I'll do a blazer, I'll do a skirt, I'll do a vest, I'll do, you know, tailored, tailored parts of women's clothing if they call me. And it's usually the men's guys that want to make a little women's clothing on the side. Tom Brown now is big in women's, but he's doing... You know, like couture women. It's very, very, very expensive uh, women's clothing, uh, which I don't do. Anyway, that's the story with, uh, with the, women, the women's part of it. All right. And, you know, I mean, this is more of a, I guess, side comment. You mentioned all these small-time designers. And I remember when I – I remember how I, I first got in touch with you. It was – at the time, I was looking, you know, for a, uh, for a pattern maker. And I I'd mm-hmm. called – um, hurtling and you know just kind of out of the blue I, I wanted to do clothes but 
I called them like, well, you, you need a pattern before you work. I'm like, oh, geez. Okay. Well, how right. am I? I'm like, okay. I guess I'm going to have to find a pattern maker. And boy, I mean, I don't know if it's changed since, but um, just searching for pattern. If you're not in the business, like searching for pattern maker, it was just crazy. Like you, you try Googling and like nobody has a website and nobody answers their emails. You actually have to call them or show up in person. And mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. it was just a lot of, um, you know, just running around trying to find someone. I found someone, but she, she did women's clothing and when she right. uh heard that oh i i and you you want someone who does men's um let me let me give you this guy tony and i called you and i don't know that was that was the beginning but it was just very roundabout like kind of yeah I yeah know, well i was i was one of them that never had a website and right. you, it was it would have been very difficult to find me uh you know ever since uh i was in business and my dad was in business before me uh it was always just word of mouth and we had plenty of business word of mouth there was never you know, we we had all we could handle, basically. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, so I never did any any kind of um, marketing. I probably should have because you know, as time went on, you know, we became uh, pattern makers. My like myself became like a dinosaur. You know, there was just no no business around. Uh, you know, and this you know the reason was the small designers. It's just so expensive to go into business today. You know, so. As you well know, you know, would it yes. cost you to make a sample? You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, now imagine, imagine multiplying that if you want a small line. You can't just go with one style. You need 10 styles. You need eight styles. So multiply what you're spending times eight or 10 just to have a line to show somebody. Forget about selling it. Okay? So, right. you, you know, that's the business. You, you know the business more than you think you know. <laughs> I, I guess that's the thing. As a consultant, that oh, everyone seems to say that, but you know, I I, I find myself the more you, the the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Uh, if no. that makes any sense, but no, of course, yeah, it's all of us. And, and, right. Well, and and you know, while you're on the subject, you you mentioned your father, and and you know, I guess um, he he was a pattern maker. Was that is that right? He was a pattern maker. And. Yeah, you, um, we kind of touched on all this, so maybe now is the good time. But in those days, you didn't call him a pattern maker. You called him a designer. Dad was oh, a designer. Okay. Okay? It, it, all right, he didn't call him pattern, <laughs> but that's all he did was make patterns. But he was a designer. And so... Okay? That's what they called themselves in those days. The pattern makers were the designers. You know, Petroselli, one of the first designers that I can remember, you know, like designer clothing, Petroselli clothing was a designer name. Okay, it was a tailor. He was a tailor and, you know, called himself a designer. Well, my father and all his contemporaries called themselves designers. They were the designers of the day. Today, it's, that's not a designer. A designer is a guy who makes the sketch and who comes up with the idea. Okay? So that's the designer today. And then he goes to the pattern maker. Yeah, but from that day to this day, from being a designer to being a pattern maker, the price stayed the same. So nobody really get me. Nobody really cared. <laughs> what did you call me? What you want? Just call me. Yeah, just, okay. Just, yeah. Make sure you you pay your bills. Um, all right. That's all. You know. So, and so is that? I mean, is that like? Did you want to follow in his footsteps, or did he make you? Well, I did. did. Well, I did. I worked for that. Was that by for, choice, or kind yeah, of? yeah? Well, you know, sort of. Yeah, by choice, of course. <laughs> You know, it, yeah. It, so how how young? I don't think I was cut out for many other things, honestly. But I started with Dad. It was right after high school. I was 16 years old. I started working for him. I mean, 17. I started working. 
And, and so, no. did did he? Um, I mean, did, was was he independent as well, or was he in, at a same thing that I do? Independent, okay. independent pattern making. Okay. Yeah. Now, naturally, in those days, everything was done by hand. As my original patterns are still done by hand, as you know. Yes. It's still done by hand, but once once it, I'm finished with that first pattern, then it gets into the computer. It gets it gets digitized, and that's where you do the grading and everything else. So you you did you just learn from your father, or did you go to school and I don't know what? I went to school a little bit. There was a, a there was a, in those days there was a high school, a Central Needles and Trades, and they gave you some basic information. So I went to some school, but mostly I learned on the job. You know, just, uh, you know, I, my dad taught me basically everything, you know. But there was some some school involved, you know, not not a lot. And so, I guess, at, at what point did you, I don't know, feel like you, you I don't know, we're, we're going to work for yourself as opposed to work for your, your father? How, how many years, I guess, did it take, do you feel comfortable to... You know, do it, your, do it yourself. Well, I, I you know, I kind of grew up knowing I was going to do it, and then my dad passed away in 1979, so it was either sink or swim, you know. But I, I don't think there was ever a question that, in my mind that this is what I was going to do, you know, and take over for him. Uh, so, you know, when he passed away, it was a, a quicker learning curve for myself, right. you know. But I had a good, um, had a good base. And and so I'm curious, like, did you, um, I guess, keep, uh, well, h- how much, how how similar would you say you and your father's styles were? I mean, I guess fairly similar. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, it was, uh, you know, I use his his formula, you know, to make a pattern. You know, if you come in to like a custom tailor, you know. Even somebody like Rocco, you know, he's way more tailored than a pattern maker, but he knows his way around patterns. You you draft patterns, okay? You draft a pattern. You take a, a square and a pencil, okay, and you draft a pattern from scratch. Take the man's measurements, and there are formulas to do. Now, I don't know if you've researched that. Have you, drafting? Well, you know all those those sketches you bring <laughs> I, I, to me. I do know. Yes, I do know those. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's drafting, basically. It's where you're looking at a draft, okay, and then the manipulations of the draft, which is another story, okay. So look into drafting. That's the, uh, you know, it's like uh, you know all the words come from Latin, and all the patterns come from drafting, okay. You know, uh, somebody drafted something sometime, and you know now I, I work from. I work from I don't work from a draft, but I work from patterns that came at one time from a draft. But you know, as the years go by, you tweak them and they become it becomes your library, and and, and that's what I use for my uh, uh, my base patterns. You know, so um, uh, to make my my new patterns, I don't draft patterns anymore. Well, so, well I mean, no, that that uh, I mean, then I found the perfect guy because you know the the style I like, which is like a very older older look so you know i guess maybe even some of my uh, yeah you're using yeah. like really uh stuff from from there for some of the patterns that you made for me then uh, well i had a, i actually had a go 
go backwards for you. You you wanted a, a different kind of hybrid type of pattern. I mean, you wanted that old look, but that old look is very darted, and you did not want darts, and which made my life very difficult, okay, <laughs> to get something to fit you. And we did it, but it's, it's you know, I, I, I didn't agree with it from the get-go, but... <laughs> as with off. many other things, um, I Yeah, as with many other things, you know, but... Uh, you know, you have a vision and you want to experiment, and I get that, and and I so I let you do what you wanted to do. And and so, um, I, I mean, I guess for any folks who are you know, interested, I mean, I, I know pattern makers they they are able to kind of do uh, make the manipulations as you said, and, and kind of make different styles as you've worked with many different clients. Um, I, I, is there really like a you know, distinguishing Tony Rubino pattern or, or is there, I don't know, your, your, anything like any particular style you personally like to make in your patterns or is it more whatever the client is? And I, I really have. Like, no, there's nothing, there's nothing uh, specific to my, uh, my touch because I'll do what, what the client wants. Uh -huh. Okay. So if he wants, you know, if he's got a clientele, that's an older clientele, uh, you know, a Wall Street clientele, a banker's clientele, and they want a nice roomy suit, you know, that, that looks nice on them, man. You know, that's what I'll give them, you know. But if you got Tom Brown who, who wants to make a suit that you know, only fits the Boy Scouts, you know, I'll give them that also. So none of, them, none of it is my look. You know, it's, it's what, what's their look. It's like the same as what you did, Philip. You came in and you wanted the look you wanted and, you know, you know, conveyed that to me and I tried to give it to you. Mm -hmm. So I never really made anything that was my look because don't forget, I'm selling it. If I make something that I like, I'm not going to sell it. Mm. Okay. And that's not my business. My business <laughs> is to sell patterns. Okay. Well, yeah. Is there any particular um, work or, or pattern that, I don't know, you're most proud of uh, after, you know, all these decades of... of well, there were some, some clients I had over the years that gave me challenges, you know, and I, I, I always enjoyed that. It was uh, Ducky Brown was one guy. It was another guy, was Hisham, Hisham O'Meal. He had a vision and he had his, you know, high-style stuff. And uh, stuff is challenging when you got somebody that's really thinking out of the box. So uh, none of the guys I can think of ever made it. So you wouldn't know them, and it wouldn't be a common name. But there were some designers that came in with some wacky ideas, you know, and and that's where the juices started to flow to try to, you know, give this guy what he wants. And most of it, most of it dies on the vine. The only guy I know in all the sixty years I've been working that made it with a cockamamie uh, design was Tom Brown. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't know anybody that that was successful with something that was so radical. I don't know anybody personally, you know what I mean? They've been successful guys like Pierre Cardin, very successful when he came in with that square-shouldered roll sleeve coat. But I didn't do it, you know? I could have done it, but I didn't do it, you know? Same thing as I could have done Tom Brown, no problem. But I didn't, you know, Rocco did it. Yeah. So, uh, so it was always the designer. If he had radical ideas, you know, I, I, would, I would get into it, you know? And and that's you know that's that's uh, I guess from my experience not not that easy for most uh, pattern makers you know I think the what's that phrase that um, 
you you do some you do w one thing a million times or, or you know how to do uh, a million things uh, a mil what damn it what's that damn phrase i'm thinking of. Well, I'm whatever sure. i'm not sure but i think sure. i know what you mean yeah, yeah. It, you know someone who who has done something right. the same way for you know right. 40 years versus someone yeah. who knows how to do it in multiple different ways and and you know so, yeah. I'm, I'm sure some pattern makers are, are just the type that they kind of just do things one way and and they, if you ask them to do something that a different way they really don't know how because they've done it this one way for so many times so yeah uh, I, I mean i suppose listen i i still have no matter how radical the style is i still have a a, a certain standard i i have to keep you know i gotta make sure it fits somebody you know it's gotta it's gotta fit okay so that's that's key yeah i've done some um you know some outerwear you do is very challenging you know the suit business is you know there's a you know suits are evolution not revolution you know i mean Man's been wearing the same suit for 150 years, you know, just well, you know, longer, shorter, you know, smaller, smaller, bigger. When you get to outerwear in the men's line, then you get to be a little more creative, okay? And so I've done some of that in motorcycle jackets and variations of things like that. That's where it's a little more creative is in the outerwear type of thing, you know? Okay. Um yeah, well, I mean that makes sense because, like, like you said, the suit is is a suit. I mean, there's only so much you can yeah, change about it. Yeah, you know, right, right. right. I'm not that much going to change because exactly, right. Huh. So, um, but I, it still has to fit. That's the bottom line. That's right, right. It's got to fit. It's got to fit the way you want it to fit, not the way I want it to fit. The way you want it to fit. Okay. High armhole, low armhole, your small chest, small waist, big waist. You know, it's good the way the way you want it to fit. That's the key to hit the guy that you're working for. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> the key to my success. Let's say comes in with a vision and a and a and a sketch or a garment even or whatever. You know, hit it and hit it the first time. Mm -hmm. So that's how I've been around for so long, and my dad too. And he was he was good. Yeah, and, and so. Uh, I'm guessing this this whole time you've been working. You were working in New York, um, garment district. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm curious. Uh, out of all these decades, how how has the um, I don't know, industry uh, as a whole, and maybe in in New York and the garment district, how has that changed? Uh, because I mean, yes, it's still called the garment district, and, and there's still a lot of fashion stuff there. But I imagine decades ago it was a very different place. Well, yeah, decades ago, actually, it was a different place. It was on Lower Fifth Avenue. Let's say between 14th Street and 23rd Street, okay, um, from uh, Broadway over to 6th Avenue. That was the men's garment district. It was huge. Everybody, every building, we were down on, on 5th Avenue. I was on 5th Avenue and 16th Street many, many years. That's where I started. That's where Dad had the the loft, 16th and uh and Fifth Avenue, it was it was beautiful down there. That was the entire men's district, and every building had a small manufacturer, a, a little shop. You know, like the little shops you have now in the garment area. You know, you go in, and there's you know, maybe 20, 30 operators. You know, mostly all Chinese now, but that's the way it was back in the 40s and 50s. It was all Italian, all these little shops and small manufacturers, and you know, and we had all of them. We had all these manufacturers with all our customers. We were there was so much business around in the in the fifties, right after the war, after forties and fifties, sixties, just just 
you know, that's where it was. So what's changed? It's, that's all gone, totally gone. And what's left of the industry is in uh, in the garment area, you know, around 34th Street, you know, 7th Avenue, 8th Avenue. Uh, so what's left, and it's and it's all women's wear, where it was always women's wear then, and it is now. And all these little shops are now all Chinese, and they all uh, uh, basically they're, they're dropping out also, all these little shops. And I understand the next move is, uh, as you know, Sunset Park. Uh, they want uh, a lot of the, the industry to move to Sunset Park, and it probably will. It probably will. And so, so that's how it's changed. It's changed where there just aren't these small manufacturers and small contractors. And I guess, do you recall um, the moment where I don't know you you felt like things were uh, I don't know dying is word, but but changing. Like, yeah, every uh, day. Condense. Every day, I recall it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you when it started to really drop down. Dad died 79, okay? And by the end of the 80s, it was really starting to go less and less. Business was going down and down. It was less and less, guys. So I'd say even in the 70s, it was starting. I remember even when Dad was still around, it was starting in the 70s. But it really accelerated in the 80s. Uh, it was that was you could feel the momentum, you know, going that way. And and, and was this because I don't know by like the eighty is eighties when you know people stop or or it wasn't like expected to to wear a suit outside or, or like what, uh, what China China, China China killed the industry. Uh, China okay. China killed our industry. Period. The end. Period. China China killed it. Once once they got to China, there was no more menswear. Okay, and as China got better, it was less. As it got better again, it was less. When they started taking smaller numbers instead of big, big numbers, it got less. China killed, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the men's industry in Manhattan. And you think it's because it was just cheaper, way cheaper? Is that? That's it. Yeah. No, that's the only reason. Yeah. Yeah. Let me put it this way. You know what I do, right? Right. You know, you know what, what? Let's say, forget about what I do. You know what you do. So what do you do? You got to come to me for a pattern, and you got to go to buy the piece goods. You know, if uh, Tony doesn't give it to you, if you got to, you got to go buy the piece goods, and you got to go to Tony, and he's got to make the suit. Okay. Now, what does that cost? You know what it costs. You're probably talking about fifteen hundred bucks. You know, if it's a coat and pants. Just you. Is um, am I right? Be in that neighborhood. By the time yeah. you get a coat and pants from yeah. from Tony and you know, including me and Tony and Hartling, yes, right, fifteen hundred yeah. easy. Yes, okay, easy. all right, easy. And that's that's just to get one garment, one sample. And if you like it, you'll you 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 uh, you say okay, let's go, and you know you you grade it. China gives away that package for free. Everything that you come into me for first, that package is free. That $1,500 package is free. Now multiply that by 10 styles, okay? And what do you got? Okay, you got $15,000, okay? You go to China, that part is free. All, all they want is a sewing. So go compete with free. You can't, right? You can't compete with free. No, I, I, so, I guess not. Not especially if it's, you know, that free. Uh. <laughs> right. 
Right, right, right. And even that, I'll do custom suits for, you know, you can have a suit made for yourself. You send your coat to China, they'll they'll copy it and send you, send you back a pretty reasonable, you know, facsimile of it for, you know, a quarter of the price of what you're paying, you know. And, I mean, with, with, with all this, obviously, you know, you being in the industry, you were, you were affected. But, I mean, um, I don't know. Do you, do you, I mean, obviously, well, you're, you're going to have an opinion that maybe things aren't better off this way. Um, and, I mean, I, I for one... Am, well, better I'm, off for the consumer. You, do you think better so? Better for the consumer. I mean, sure, I, they're, getting a, they're getting a better garment at a, a, a cheaper price. Do, you know, I mean, they make a great garment in China. Yeah. So the consumer gains from it, you know. And well, did you? I don't know. You you sound like you've you've come to terms, and then you know you you're not. No, if I city hall, that's city hall. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm a small uh, cog in the wheel. Uh, you know, Philip. You know, it is what it is. The, the wheel, as my mother would say, the wheel turns. You know. Right. Do you, do you ever feel like that? Well, I don't know. Without, I mean, because the folks that at least I've seen that continue to work in the industry in in the U.S. they're they're kind of old. They're you know probably close to retirement, if not retiring uh, already, especially with COVID um, and kind of perfect time for some folks. I mean, do you think at some point this will all be gone and you know it'll, it'll just be like so many other things that people won't know how I to don't do know. it? Anymore? You know, uh, you know, our industry is no different than any other industry. You know. Uh, uh, you know, when when somebody comes out with a with a with a better widget, it's the the old one. The old one is going to be gone. So who knows what the future is going to bring? What I do know is that clothing will always have to be made by hand. You can't make it like a car with a robot. A car made out of steel and it stays still. And your robot is programmed to give a weld in a certain spot. You can't do that with clothing. Clothing always has to be handled by hand. So it's always labor-intensive. That's why it's China, and now it's Vietnam, and it's Sri Lanka, and it's India, and it's any place you've got cheap labor. So clothing will always, no matter what, will be made by hand, okay? There are certain things you can automate, but mostly right. it's done by hand. Right. They, uh, I think they even said, um, I don't remember what, what machine. They, they tried to make a machine to do um, something, but you know, there's some things that... Robots can't really get, or, or at least right now, they're not flexible or, or nimble enough to to make those, um, I don't know, uh, edits or, or changes. To you really need like human hands because it's in such a well. You know, you take spot. pressing. Yeah. Pressing is automated. You know, I went into some of these big shops in China when I was in China, and press a lot of pressing is automated. But you still need somebody to take the coat, put it on the buck, and take it off the buck. You know what I mean? And set it up the right way. And then the pressing, the automated pressing does its thing. But somebody's got to set it up. Somebody's got to move that piece of clothing around. Okay? Uh, you still need hands-on. Less and less hands, okay, because things are getting more automated, but you still need hands. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, so, so um, I don't know. Since, I guess, everything has moved there. I don't know. Is there, I mean, have you found business is, has just been a steady decline or was there ever a slight resurgence? I mean, you know, newspapers always 
uh, like to mention, oh, there's like a little revival, whether it's like vinyl or, you know, whatever. They always mention it. I'm, I'm just curious from your perspective, was there ever well, what any... What are we talking about? New, new innovations in the industry we're talking or, about? Or, I mean, just, you know, more oh, made in America Automated type... Stuff? I can only tell you what affected me tremendously right. was the advent of, like, the Gerber computer system where I can, I can do my grading and marking and make markers on a computer. That was a huge... Uh, boon to me, you know. I could I could play with the big boys now in, in a small operation, you know. I could make markers uh, where before you needed, you know, 20 guys to do what I do. One one guy can do, you know. Uh, so that was that was good for me. Listen, it'll always be automation, you know, uh, in no matter what industry you're in. So, right. um, you know, no matter what. Okay, what else? <laughs> No, you're you're just so quick compared to some of the other guests. They like to go on and on, but you're like got that real New York uh, to the pointness uh, about you. Which <laughs> well, was like enough time there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. well, was was there ever? I don't know. I, I guess I'm coming from someone who likes records, still has records, and all that stuff. People talk about um, music at one point, way way back when people still hung out at music stores and you bought physical um, goods. Yeah. People yeah. hung out, and and uh, you know, like-minded people would find like-minded people, and things would happen. You'd you know, play in a band with yeah. other people. Right. Um, right. F- was there ever uh, I don't know the, the case for the I don't know folks that were in the clothing business. I mean, like you mentioned, every word of mouth. I, I figured that it, was there. I don't know a lot of. I mean, how do how do I how do I say this? The the, the community, I, I guess, aspect of. Um, everyone, you know, there's a very big industry community aspect that everyone knows, kind of everyone, as you know, you know all these people. And every time I mention, oh, uh, Anthony, Sadia, oh, how is he? Yeah, I, I, uh, whatever. But I Yeah, mean, well, you always network and network right. within your own industry. I mean, I know a lot of people. They know me. That's how I get recommended. And uh, sure, there's always a networking I guess, uh, you know, process. You know, there's, there's a, I belong to the International Designers Association. So, you know, I get together with my contemporaries. Here and there, you know, would uh, have meetings when before COVID, we'd have a meeting, you know, four or five times a year, or whatever, you know. Really. So there's there's that, you know, and um, uh, interestingly enough, so I'm an international designers association. It was supposed to be the pattern makers of the world. I'm the only freaking pattern maker in the association. Okay. I mean, outside, you know, let's say freelance guy. There's a couple of the pattern makers, but they work for. You know, they work for different companies, you know, oh. but mostly it's made up of uh, manufacturers, you know, and guys who own contracting shops and executives who sell clothing. It's most of what the uh, the club is now. You know, it's oh. not the technical guys as much as it's the sales people and so forth, you know. Anyway, you know, the wheel turns, Philip. Again, coming from someone who, who likes music and Music's certainly changed a lot. Now you don't really have to be a real musician or know any theory. You can essentially musicians are just making like there's like sound artists. You know, there's not necessarily theory behind a lot of music that comes out for better or worse. But I'm I'm curious from your perspective as a real you know kind of technician pattern maker, um, do, do you find that mu- uh, clothing has gotten less technical and that you, you I don't know. Oh, if anything, it gets more technical. There's always, you know, new machinery and uh, the new, you know, innovations on how to make it uh, cheaper, faster, 
you know, more automated. You know, no, it's, it's, if anything, it's more technical. I, I guess I, I, I mean, um, with these machines, I, I, I mean, again, I'm not so familiar with them, but a lot of the stuff that was uh, previously done by hand and, and whatnot, my guess is uh, it has to be simplified for, for machines. They, they, you know, when you start, you want to be able to kind of get the minimum, you know, minimum viable, pro viable products. So maybe you don't go for the most complex tasks, but you kind of go for the simple tasks that the machine can easily do and um, go from there. So what machines oh. do it is kind of a simplified version of what um, folks would would do. I'm not sure what the question is. What, well, where, where are you going with the question? Well, I mean, you know it's going to get more technical. The machine's not a make the pocket. You don't have to make the pocket by hand. There's a machine, you, you put it in, boom, you got a pocket. You know, a buttonhole machine, uh, you know, things like that. You don't have to do it by hand. Buttonhole machine, a uh, pocket machine, uh, you know, is you know, there's a lot of innovation in in uh, uh, pressing, uh, cutting in my industry. Cut, you can cut by laser now. You can cut goods by laser. So where are you going with the question, well, Philip? And you, I, you know, I, the tech, tech, technology is going to always it, progress. I, I guess I, I mean from the fact that the the knowledge that you know folks who maybe maybe you um, have is not necessarily all being used these days. Only well, let's put it aspects. this way. Let me put it this way. As much as I know about it, before I can use the Gerber system that I have, I have to know what I what I know. I have right. to know what to tell it. I mean, it's only a you know a Gerber system pattern making is basically X and Y. You know, you go left and right, up and down. Now you got to tell it what you have to have my knowledge first before you can use a system. If they sold you the system for a million dollars, you wouldn't know where to start. Okay. Because you have to have my knowledge to know what you want to think to do. So it's like anything else. You know, you, you, you got to tell them what kind of pocket you want. You want a besom, you want a wealth, you want it five inches, you want it four inches. You got to tell it what you want. You got to know how to use the damn thing. I guess I, well, not, not to, you know, keep hammering it, but I mean, with a I'll computer. I'll give you one more shot at the question. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, can't, um, can't people use these pieces of technology without knowing, you know, what you're saying. They could use it, but unlikely. It would, no, it be uh, no. Right. my answer would be no. Yeah, if you don't know <laughs> the clothing, if you don't know what the hell you want, how are you going to use it? Okay. How are you going to use it? You know, right. it's like, a, you know, my, my old man would say, you know, a dog, a dog chases a car. He says, but can he drive? Right? <laughs> okay. You know, can he drive? No, you got to know how to drive. And All then right. you can, then you can get in the car. All right. Well, All right. Yeah, I guess the, the the next question was: You've seen styles come and go, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, any, any any particular thoughts about what folks are wearing today and what you're seeing today? Um, you know, in in, in terms of fashion and, and styles, uh, like I don't know. I mean, you, you've, you've 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 seen probably yeah, a, seen a lot, a lot of different styles. All right, now what's where the where does where does today's I don't know. What, what's your feeling about today's styles? And any, you know. I like what's going on today. You know, coat's a little smaller. I like what's going on. Sometimes it gets too small. I like what's going on. Listen, I like the change for the sake of change. Okay, give me the next thing. Give me the next car. Give me the give me the next thing. Give me the next clothing. You know, uh, uh, the, the, the revolution. Give me that because that's business to me. I'm you know bring back the leisure suit. Bring it back. Those were the heydays. Okay. 
bring back something different, all right? Clothing got so small, the next trend is going to be bigger. Can't get any smaller. Any smaller, you may as well wear a handkerchief, okay? So it's going to get bigger. And it'll get more shoulder. It'll, get, it'll change for the sake of change. Because otherwise, you've got to give a man a reason to buy a new suit. If it doesn't change, what the hell does he need a new suit for? Am I right? <laughs> so, are, are you, uh, I don't know, any, any thoughts about if the suit is really going to have a revival? I mean, you know, the, the history, I guess, has said people want to get more casual um, from what, what is it, frock, frock coats? To, to, yeah, to, you know, to, to casual whatnot. Fridays, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever, right. Any, oh, any thoughts on, on that whole aspect of the suit kind of getting... Well, it hurts the, hurts the suit business, you know. It hurts the suit business, getting more casual. People working from home now, suit business is dying. You know, and, you know people working in, the, in their pajamas. You know, so that's not, that's not good for my industry. You know, if you're in a suit business, you know, if you're in sportswear, outerwear, you know, then it's good, I guess, you know. Um, but... Uh, I, I don't like that trend. I like to see it uh, more tailored, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm watching, I'm watching, you know, f- footage from the '40s baseball games. You know, Joe Joe DiMaggio right before the war. Guys would go to the to the ballpark in a suit and tie. Right with a hat. And a hat. Yeah. Okay, but a tie, suit and tie, it'd be at the, at, the, at the baseball games. You wouldn't think of flying when I was a kid. You wouldn't think of flying if you weren't wearing a tie. You wouldn't think of it. They're getting on an airplane, you know. And now everybody looks like, uh, you know, whatever, getting on an airplane. Well, so, uh, well, I guess I. Don't, but but you, I mean, I don't know. You you mentioned okay. Well, my previous question when when I asked about your thoughts about what people wear are wearing. I guess your focus was on the suit. Was that right? Like the the smaller suit. Well, tailored clothing. That's what okay, I did. Tailored clothing. Okay. Clothing. Well, what about general clothing? Not necessarily just what about tailored. It? Well. What about it? Levi's shirt? What about it? It's a shirt. What? What's the question? <laughs> well, I guess I don't know. Any, any, I don't know. Casual Did, clothing? Just, not well, my I guess thing. That's completely Ask different. Ask me something else. Effort. Okay. No, yeah, completely. You know, jeans, not, not, not my thing. Actually, I do a lot of jeans. Yeah. You know, uh, yes, uh, you, you mentioned that. Um, oh, but, a ton of them. A ton of them. There's more different fits with jeans. I can't believe how many different patterns I made for jeans. I mean, I can't believe it. At the end of the day, it's still a jean, you know. But I can't believe how many, how much I did in jeans, you know. And that was technically hard to do because you had to figure a lot of shrinkage, you know. <laughs> and I, I had my own formulas, you know, because they'd give you, you know, shrinkage from the the, the lab laboratories. It shrinks this much this way and this much this way, and I had my own formula. Mm. Well, anyway, and I guess with with uh, all this knowledge, and I don't know if you're. Uh, technically retired or still semi-retired, but do you, I don't know, do you ever wonder about all these folks who are still in the industry, at least in the U.S., um, if, if that knowledge is going to just be lost forever because the industry no. has kind of died the way it has no. died? No. No, I don't worry about that at all. People are not going to walk around naked. Mm-hmm. The next generation will figure it out. Okay? Yeah. No, I don't worry about any of that. The knowledge is going to be lost. No, Christ's sake, the, the knowledge that, that my fathers and grandfathers, contemporaries had, that knowledge is lost. But people aren't walking around naked, are they? 
Okay, and they never will, and there you go. So, no, how could you worry about that shit? So. <laughs> well, no, that's why I have your, you for your opinion. Uh, <laughs> you, you've got the, the next generation will figure things. it out. You know, we'll be gone, doesn't matter. Who cares? Nobody cares if we're gone. Nobody cares. Okay? Nobody cares. They, you know, they're gone, and that's it. You know, Rocco used to have a, a good saying, you know, because people would say, you know, hey, Rocco, I need a good, I need a tailor. You know anybody? I need a tailor. And he would say, go to St. Charles, the cemetery. You know, he says, that's where all the good tailors are. You know? <laughs> so, but they're still making clothing. Mm-hmm. Even without the tailors. Yeah. What else? I, I, I suppose so. Well, um, hmm. I mean, I think at one point, I forgot who I was talking to. They hinted that you weren't just always a, a pattern maker. You actually did yes. some- so what what other I guess um, uh, you know, jobs did or tasks did you do in your clothing career? Well, when I was uh, fourteen, I used to caddy on a golf course. Huh. Thirteen. That was it. So I went from caddy into making patterns. Just, wow! Just just like that, huh? Just like that. An amazing leap of uh, careers. Yeah. yeah. Well, your father must have taught you quite well. <laughs> Or were you learning quickly? He, he was he, he was good. He was good. He just learned by doing it. You just did it. You know, you learned by doing it. You I mean, he would teach me, but, you know, mostly you did it. You know, he'd show me something, and then, you know, six months later, he'd show me something else. And you did, you just did it. You just lived it. You lived it. You know, and a lot of people in my industry, especially people that did what I do, it's not uncommon. You know, especially in those days, not uncommon. Father-son business, not uncommon at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. What else? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Was it, it? It seems like with your kind of the part of the last generation. Because I had someone. I think I probably mentioned him in, in passing. He was he was a shoemaker. His father was also a shoemaker, but he's about the same, about the same age, a little younger. But uh, and of course, his his kids are not shoemakers. I mean, he's probably going to be the last of his family to to do that and i don't know similar to um you know this kind of generation i mean with the age you're yeah your but there's are. still plenty of shoemakers around yeah. well you know look at look at the, the 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 horsey industry you know the horsey people look at those shoes they're all custom riding boots and custom shoes and uh you know if you take a look at that industry and you want to see shoemakers you know you want to pay you know, three, four thousand dollars for a pair of boots. You know, they'll they'll, give, they'll sell you uh, uh, ten of them. You know, so there's plenty of shoemakers around. Okay, it's not the mom and pop guys who make put heels on your on your soles. You know, on your shoes. That's that's the you thing. Know? I feel like you really have to be in the know to know. You know, all these, you know, mm, folks in, in the in the industry. Otherwise, if you aren't, how how the heck do does anyone? you find anyone they, it's like I Philip, how did you find anyone well how did you how did you find anyone by, by, you know by you, you network you networked around you yeah, network well i mean you that, know that there, there's gotta mm-hmm. be i don't know i guess i guess uh, you've got to put in the effort and then you can get you get know you've uh, got to you know go to go to school go to fit and get an internship someplace and when they send you out to this and that and the other one you take their card you you, you make a file get an internship in the industry, and they'll run you ragged. Uh, you, you know, go into different places, deliver this and deliver that, and then you, that's the you network around. You know, I had plenty of interns come to me and took my card. I never saw anything from it, but they took my card. 
you know, so that they would have a reference, you know, how to make it, okay, you know, but, you know contract a, a button guy, I need a button guy, I need a, a braid guy, I need a piece goods guy, I need a silk guy, I need a leather guy, you know, you network around. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess, you know, that's the one thing I, I really enjoyed about kind of getting involved. It's it's one of those industries, like you mentioned, you really have to hit the pavement. You really have to... Cool. Yeah, yeah, I think you're, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's not like yeah. my day job where you know I just do everything over email. It and you yeah, know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, I think you're right about that. Well, like I said, you know, clothing it hand. has to be handled <laughs> with hands. You know, it'll always be made by hand, no matter what. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's ah, that's that's it. Uh, for for now, yeah, all right, good. If I have anything yeah. more, but who knows? If listeners, if you all have anything to um. No question you want to ask, whatnot, write in the comments, and maybe uh, we'll do, we can do a part two.